0: back to the david glenn show in college football as we look forward to more of your best and worst of the weekend phone calls also mac brown of unc live In 60 minutes, Sam Washington of North Carolina A&T, his Aggies have a big bowl game. It's actually this Saturday in Atlanta for the HBCU National Championship. They've already won the MEAC. They're going to the Celebration Bowl in Atlanta for the fourth time in five years. Sam Washington, second-year head coach of the Aggies, is going to join us here shortly. Remember that in college football national signing day, junior college guys, high school seniors, etc. is this Wednesday. Then there's another signing day later. Those rules have changed in the last few years after being pretty traditionally well set, the first Wednesday in February was usually the big National Signing Day. Now it's kind of divided up and a little bit different. We'll talk National Signing Day when the rules allow the coaches to discuss recruits. That is not until Wednesday, but we have a whole bunch of teams in our backyard heading to bowl games as well. This coming weekend, remember this past weekend, it was just Army-Navy and the FCS playoffs. And, that, and the Heisman Trophy presentation, and that was about it. This coming weekend begins the avalanche of bowl games. You get not only Alcorn State against North Carolina A&T on Saturday in Atlanta. That is a national TV game on ABC for the HBCU National Championship. Second straight celebration bowl trip under the Aggies coach Sam Washington after the now-retired Rod Broadway kind of handed him the baton and promoted him from within. For those who Forget Sam Washington was actually a star cornerback at Mississippi Valley State University before playing in the NFL and, of course, getting into the coaching ranks. Hard to believe, but Sam Washington was the star D-back at a school most famous in the football world for having a wide receiver named Jerry Rice who became the greatest wide receiver in the history of the National Football League. So North Carolina A&T head coach Sam Washington – Defended the freshman version of Jerry Rice when he got to Mississippi Valley State many, many years ago. We'll talk with Coach Washington. We'll talk with Coach Brown. We'll welcome your phone calls in between what was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and what made it that? What was the worst thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and what made it that? The Carolina Panthers, the New England Patriots, Dallas Cowboys got best of and worst of votes. Dax botched coin toss was the worst of the weekend. The Cowboys 44 to 21 win over the Rams was a best of the weekend the Oakland Raiders the New England Patriots the Carolina Panthers we'll get to more of those later Carolina Tar Heels in basketball were a worst of the weekend as NC State and Wake Forest were among the best of the weekend Carolina Hurricanes best of the weekend Navy football best of the weekend and we gave shout outs to the eight North Carolina high school football state champions as well. You can jump in with the best or worst of your weekend at 1-800-849-2761. Mack Brown of the Tar Heels to start our number three. Sam Washington of the Aggies will join us here in our number two. He said recently, by the way, that bowl games are not only good for the obvious, helping recruit high school or junior college football prospects. Bowl games, he says, are great for universities as a whole. He says their regular trips to Atlanta actually help the North Carolina A&T Admissions Department beyond the obvious, and that's just recruiting your general student body. Beyond the obvious, everybody wants to play for a winner. So if you're winning conference titles every year and going to postseason games every year, that's going to help your football recruiting as well. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. You can be next with your best or worst of the weekend. We also have Canes tickets to give away. We also have a tailgate of the year announcement as we look forward to those guests and your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Quick reminder that the only people that have a tailgate of the year banner flying over their tailgates somewhere in North Carolina during college football season, you have Steve Young and the Upper Deckers at North Carolina State University. Jimmy Roster and the corner crew at East Carolina University. Anthony just got home for the holidays after exams as a member of Pirate Nation. Good to have the Glenn family full and back in action again. Uh, The 7 a.m. tailgate guys at Elon. Judd Huffman and the App State school bus tailgate out in Boone, representing, of course, App State and Charles Epps in the Eagle Alley tailgate representing North Carolina Central. Now, that means there's a whole bunch of schools that have never had a tailgate of the year representative. I mean, UNC hasn't had one yet. Wake Forest hasn't had one yet. The bigger schools all have a flag that is flying, or most of the bigger schools, I should say, But uh, there will be a new school represented. That's my only hint as we're down to final four best tailgates and as we give you the tailgate of the year announcement a little bit later in today's program, 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket in. Quickly on Carolina's loss to Wofford, even as, again, I think UNCG, just the fight it put up against NC State, deserves some best of the weekend love. Danny Manning and the Deacons beating top 25 Xavier deserves best of the weekend love. And NC State beating UNC Greensboro. Markel Johnson's buzzer beater was a thrill of the weekend and a best of the weekend as well. Just a quick reminder about the Tar Heels. This is a continuation of a theme that we've been discussing about this Roy Williams team since over the summer where five top players moved on. Right, No more Luke May, no more Kenny Williams, no more Cam Johnson. The latter was an NBA lottery pick and is in in the association as we speak. And no more one-and-done guys. Kobe White moved on, star point guard, and Nasir Little moved on. Both of those guys as one and duns in Chapel Hill for Roy Williams. So it's not easy to find the next generation. And one of the reasons that I mentioned Duke and Louisville were going to be the top two teams in the ACC and there was going to be a gap to everybody else, was that UVA and UNC had so much to replace. Cavaliers won it all last year, but Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy and DeAndre Hunter, three guys who impacted virtually every offensive possession and virtually every defensive possession, moved on, all three of those guys, to the NBA as well. So you can still be good after that, but it is highly unlikely that you're going to be great if you're Tony Bennett and you lose your 3 best players or you're Roy Williams and you lose your 5 best players, hard to be great, good good enough in many of these cases to be good. When the Tar Heels have done their best work under this Roy Williams guy, they have had not just one or two special talents like on this year's team Cole Anthony who again did not play in the loss to Wofford yesterday and that's a big deal right if one of your best players when NC State opened the season without two of its best players no Markel Johnson veteran point guard no DJ Funderburk veteran big man Well, the Wolfpack, which has an outstanding record right now, lost that game to Georgia Tech. You're missing two of your best players? You're not the same team. It's common sense, but fans sometimes overlook it. And the Tar Heels were missing two of their best players, injured Cole Anthony, injured Leaky Black, as they lost at home to Wofford. Call it an excuse, call it an explanation, whatever. No team is itself without one or two of its best players. You know, ask Mike Krzyzewski if Duke's season last year was complicated by Zion Williamson's exploding shoe, injured ankle or foot, and missed practice time. Coach K will tell you how much it hurts to miss that player, but also that practice time. In Carolina's case, remember, Roy Williams has not forgotten how to coach. In 31 years as a head coach, Kansas plus UNC, he's had 18 regular season titles or co-titles. In 31 seasons as a head coach, he has had a losing record in conference play twice. The first time was his first year as a head coach. It was at Kansas when they were coming off a probation that was not his fault. He didn't have a full cupboard, he didn't have enough players, and he had a losing record in Big 12 play. The only other season in 31 years as a head coach when Roy Williams did not have a winning record in conference play or, or did have a losing record was in 2010 with the Tar Heels. He didn't forget how to coach after 31 years. There's just going to be more bumps on the road this year. It all traces to talent. And if you look at Roy Williams' 2005 season when they won it all, 2009 when they won it all, 2017 when they won it all, you're going to see a lot more than just one or two special players. You're going to see a bunch of future NBA players, and you're going to see five or six prep All-Americans. This team just doesn't have that. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. On the other side, North Carolina A&T head coach Sam Washington. The Aggies are headed back to the Celebration Bowl. Mac Brown joins us live to start our number three. We will take your best and worst of the weekend phone calls in between. How does a bowl trip help the university's admissions office beyond your football program? Sam Washington is big on the answer to that question. He also had a viral video where, in which he said, tell them to bring me my money after his Aggies beat ECU head-to-head last year. We'll talk viral videos, bowl games, and more with Coach Washington next on the David Glenn Show. Throwback Justice League. You know, Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Aquaman. If there was a combine event where you had to talk to marine life, Aquaman is your guy. Zay Jones is dominating the three-cone drill. Aquaman is dominating the talk-to-porpoises drill.
1: This is the David Glenn Show.
0: Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. UNC head football coach Mac Brown joins us live in 45 minutes. Our next guest will be on national TV this Saturday at noon, with his North Carolina A&T Aggies. They are once again in the Celebration Bowl. Sam Washington was once a star D-back at Mississippi Valley State battled, among others, a young wide receiver by the name of Jerry Rice way back when. He was the MEAC Coach of the Year even in his first season as the head coach of the Aggies, and he has him back battling for the HBCU national title. That's exactly what they won a year ago under his, his leadership. Sam Washington, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm doing well, and thanks for the invite. It's great to have you. We all know that winning championships and playing in big bowl games, of course, helps your football program. That part seems like common sense to us. But I heard you say earlier this week that your your entire campus at North Carolina A&T can feel the way it helps recruiting just the entire student body. How How has that worked over the years as you guys are going to Atlanta for the fourth time in five years?
1: Well absolutely we um just admissions uh, enrollment for one month we had thirty thousand applicants Wow and uh, and that's amazing you know when you get that kind of recognition and um, and get the opportunity to play on this kind of platform, a lot of people get to see what you're about.
0: Coach, you of course were also part of the success story when Rod Broadway was wearing the head coach's cap. How have you? How do you explain or put into words the fact that there was no difficult transition? At least it doesn't seem so. This is smooth. There's no drop off, and you guys went from winning MIAC titles and the HBCU national title under Coach Broadway to doing the same things under you and your guys.
1: Well, uh, I guess I paid attention. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I I'll tell you what, that guy is special and always will be in my mind. Um, He has helped me tremendously in so many different areas, so it was easy and the right thing for me to do to just mimic and and watch the way he uh, did things, And, and that's all I have done.
0: Sam Washington is joining us from North Carolina A&T. The Aggies take on Alcorn State this time. It's the MEAC champ at North Carolina A&T against the SWAC champ, Alcorn State. They get a great national TV window. It is on ABC this coming Saturday at noon. The Aggies are heading back to Atlanta. Before we dive into that, Coach, I don't know if you're a social media guy at all, but when your Aggies beat ECU in Greenville last year and you did that dance and gave a little tell them to bring me my money in that video, uh, the kids call it a viral video. Is that on your radar all this time later? Do people bring it up to you from time to time?
1: Absolutely. There's not a week goes by (laughs) that someone does not bring that up. And I don't care where I am. I was in Atlanta and uh, got recognized, and that's the first thing that – the person said, bring me my money. <laughs> hey, you that guy. So, yes. It's, so, it's remind been, it's, it's Go a ahead. Constant reminder.
0: Yeah. And remind us, what was going through your mind in that moment? Uh, I, I know, I mean, I wasn't, of course, we all know that sometimes when an A&T goes to play an ECU in that case, of course, you are getting a check just to play the game. Uh, where, what was in your mind at the moment you're dancing, you're celebrating with your players and you say, bring me my money.
1: Well, uh, let me, let me share this with you the night before, you know, we actually played on a Sunday. Okay. Uh, the Saturday night, the weather was just awful. So we weren't able to play. So I had suggested that we just cancel the game and, uh, they didn't want any parts of it. So I was like, okay, we'll come back and we'll play on
0: Sunday.
1: (laughs) And so, and the rest is history.
0: (laughs) That's great history, Coach. Sam Washington is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Uh, What went into your success in previous trips to the Celebration Bowl? Uh, I mean, beyond the obvious, having good players and good coaches, preparation always matters, and you guys have made previous trips there three times, and you won all three.
1: Well, I, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, you start with the players and then the coaches and then our preparation. So we pretty much start the season over. And, uh, you know, fortunately, we have two weeks prior that um, the swipe playing a championship game uh, not afforded. So for two weeks, we go back to basic fundamentals. We have two weeks of fundamental practice where we actually start over um, uh, stance and starts, and um, and build from there.
0: Coach, we were at your game against North Carolina Central when you win fifty-four to nothing against an opponent that is often described as your arch rival. What does it do for your program? Sometimes people will describe you as like so confident that you border on cocky. Do do you actually trash talk after a fifty-four to nothing win, or do you just kind of walk off the field silently after something like that?
1: I think you walk off silently. You know, there's no need to rub that in. Um, And and I understand. Understand this, Coach Oliver will have that team ready. It's just going to take a moment to get it uh, where he would like for it to be. So um, it's, it's very wise on our behalf to. You know, just be grateful and, and, and leave there quietly.
0: When we were there in Greensboro, we actually met a lot of your fans. And I was surprised, Coach, how many are from either the state of Georgia or more specifically right there in Atlanta. So it's pretty cool that they make all those road trips to see your home games in Greensboro. But they were extra excited that the Celebration Bowl is right there in Atlanta. Uh, I don't know if you have any numbers on this, but it, do, is, is Atlanta kind of an epicenter of AT fans or alumni? Because it just felt like we met a lot of folks from there.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, our presence in Atlanta is huge. Okay. Uh, the alumni chapter in Atlanta is uh, huge and um, very, very, very uh, giving. Uh, And and I love to be in their presence. Uh, They love A and T, and A and T love them.
0: How do you describe, through the eyes of a coach, the importance of getting all these extra practice days when you know the majority of teams in your conference, and heck, half the teams across North Carolina just don't get these extra practices uh, between now and spring practice.
1: Oh, you're absolutely correct. Um, This is is huge. You know, we get an extra four weeks, and um, those two weeks of the, the fundamental and development practice, we get the opportunity to work with some some younger guys for additional two weeks. You know, you only get 15 days in spring ball. Yeah. And, and here we got 28. So, you know, you do the math. So that's almost two additional spring practice that uh, we're allowed to work with these kids. So um, we, we're very fortunate and very happy that we have that
0: opportunity. Coach, I grew up in a world where watching sports was limited to like three different channels when I was a little kid. And you guys are on one of those channels, ABC. Uh, I know it's different in 2019 than it was in like the 1970s. But have you been able to tell from the Aggies' previous visits to the Celebration Bowl how recruits respond, how alumni respond. if Maybe they can't be at the game in person. I mean, it, it still carries weight to be on an ABC rather than, you know, just another game that is streamed online or just another game that might be on a more obscure channel.
1: You're absolutely correct. It's, uh, it touched so many other people, and it entered pretty much every household um, um home Yeah. uh when you're on a, a major network like abc and we've had people you know from overseas you know to call and t- say that they cannot wait they're looking forward to tuning in and uh, we have a couple of players from hawaii oh wow and um yeah and then they also you know have the opportunity to watch our game on tv so it's huge it's you know i really can't emphasize how important um and how happy we are to be on the national network.
0: His name is Sam Washington, and the Aggies just keep winning championships and just keep winning football games and just keep heading back to Atlanta. Coach, thank you, as always, for the time on the David Glenn Show. Good luck against Alcorn State on Saturday.
1: Thank you so very much, David.
0: You got it. Coach Sam Washington, second year as a head coach. Last year, how about Miak Coach of the Year, and last year they were 10-2, and the HBCU national champions. They beat Alcorn State in the Celebration Bowl a year ago. Same two teams this year. The Aggies were in the national top 25 of the FCS polls all season long. Uh, They beat Elon, I remember, to start the season. Uh, They beat South Carolina State late in a big one. They beat Bethune-Cookman late. They they hammered NC Central in that regular season finale with us on hand 54 to nothing it was the Aggies over the Eagles. We'll see if Sam Washington, 2nd year head coach, could be back-to-back HBCU National Championships for North Carolina A&T based right here in Greensboro, N.C. 1-800-849-2761. Back to your best and worst of the weekend phone calls on the other side. I'm not the only one, apparently, who appreciated Tiger Woods and Team USA and the big comeback against the internationals as they ultimately won 16-14 to in the President's Cup. Quick side note, Quail Hollow here in Charlotte, North Carolina, will host the President's Cup, which is an every-other-year event, In the year 2021, so it was in Melbourne, Australia this past weekend. It will be in Charlotte, North Carolina in 2021. Tiger Woods, 43 years old, was the best player in the tournament, 24 golfers, when you add up both sides, and the only player without a loss over that four days of competition. It looked scary for a while but a huge comeback win in Australia with the playing captain, Tiger Woods, leading the way. That was one of my best of the weekends. So was Markel Johnson's buzzer beater for NC State to beat UNC Greensboro. So were Danny Manning and Brandon Childress and Sean D. Brown and the Wake Forest Demon Deacons for knocking off top 25 Xavier. In the NFL, there's a lot of best of the weekend love to spread around. Eight teams now have official playoff bids, Ravens, Patriots, Chiefs, and Bills in the AFC, Niners, Seahawks, Packers, and a team you can see again tonight, the New Orleans Saints in the NFC. They host the Saints due, Jacoby Brissett, and the Indianapolis Colts tonight on Monday Night Football. Two more teams are oh so close, the Vikings and the Texans, not mathematically clinched, but on their way to the postseason in all likelihood as well. Final two spots are truly up for grabs, including that NFC East showdown, Dallas versus Philly head-to-head. They both won this weekend. It took a while, but Philly beat Washington, and Dallas just trounced the LA Rams. More nominees for best of the weekend. You can jump in at 1-800-849-2761. There was a standing ovation for a legend in football, who was often booed by the same fans who cheered him in more recent years. More on that best of the weekend story. You can jump in at 1-800-849-2761. Mack Brown of the Tar Heels joins us live in 30 minutes. His team's headed to a bowl game as well. And with National Signing Day on Wednesday, Mack Brown saw his class described earlier today as maybe the best at UNC. This was at theathletic.com, one of the websites to which I am a contributor. It was described there as the best football recruiting class at Carolina in at least a decade. And of course, Mac Brown was a heck of a recruiter his first time around with the Tar Heels as he built a team that had eight, a program that had eight straight winning seasons and back-to-back top 10 seasons before he left to take that Texas Longhorns job and, of course, went on to the national title with the horns 1-800-849-2761 Mac brown later more of your calls now what was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and what made it that what was the worst thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and what made it that we have more of the emotional heisman acceptance speech of lsu quarterback joe burrow and of course we have more of your phone calls 1-800-849-2761 next on the david glenn show Megan Rapinoe is joining us on The David Glenn Show. Not everybody wants to sort of uh, back up Colin Kaepernick. Why are things like that important to you? I think it's
1: all of our responsibility to try to make our country and our society and ultimately the
0: world um, a place that is equal for everyone. This is The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Best and Worst of the Weekend. The lines are jumping. We like that. I've shared a lot of my best and worst from the weekend that was. Basketball, college, and pro. Football, college, and pro. I did take in a lot of the President's Cup, and it was a much more interesting than usual every other year match play golf competition. It's been around for almost three decades. The Americans have lost it only one time, and it looked like they were going to lose it this time. But Tiger Woods led a valiant comeback in the same year where he claimed another green jacket and became a top five golfer. He and they, the American team, were among my best of the weekends. You can jump in with yours at 1-800-849-2761. The LA Lakers and Milwaukee Bucks of the NBA best of the weekend, both on long winning streaks. The Carolina Hurricanes continue to play fantastic hockey in Western Canada. They're three games into the five-game road trip. The first four of those are against teams in Western Canada. They're at Winnipeg tomorrow night to finish that part, and then they finish the five-game road trip at Colorado before having a whole bunch of home games at PNC Arena in late December and early January. The ticket giveaways that we have here during the holiday season include a lot of sending you to upcoming Canes games at PNC Arena. I'm actually, as we come to your best and worst of the weekend calls, 1-800-849-2761. I sometimes take buddies. I sometimes take our staff here. And at least once a year, I take the Glenn family. Now, as the kids get older, that's more complicated. But Anthony just got back from his fall semester at ECU. He got very good grades again. Avery is about to finish her senior fall fall semester of her senior year of high school. So everybody's home. It will be the lovely and talented Maria and my son, Anthony, my daughter, Avery. We have the the on-the-glass seats this Saturday night at PNC Arena. Hopefully the Canes can continue this hot streak of hockey between now and then. James Reimer, the backup goalie, who has won five of his last six starts, 32 saves as the Canes shut out a Calgary Flames team that had a seven-game winning streak going into that match. And it was at Calgary, so the Canes beat the Red Hot Flames, and they are now 2-0-1. They have... Five of a possible six points, three games, into this five-game road trip. 1-800-849-2761. What was the best thing you saw? What was the worst thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe since we were last together on Friday and what made it that? More on why the New England Patriots are being called cheaters again. More on the Panthers' Lost to the Seahawks. They are now 5-9 and nine, Carolina as Seattle moves to 11-3 and three and is in contention for NFC home field advantage in the postseason. The Saints are in that mix as well, remember. If they can beat the Colts tonight, they also will be 11-3. and three. The Packers, the Niners, and the Seahawks are already 11-3. and three. New Orleans can join them tonight with a win over the Colts on Monday Night Football. Steve in Wilmington, you have a little golf on your mind. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Thank you very much, DG. Good to talk with you again. Thank you, sir. Hey, uh, I'm going to go with you. Like you, I think the President's
1: Cup and the Riders Cup are two of the greatest spectacles in golf. Phenomenal. And certainly the pressure was uh, intense this weekend with the U.S. falling so far behind. And I was at Brooklyn. I think it was in 1999. Was the year when the U.S. Ryder Cup team came storming back against the Euros, and Justin Leonard made that 45-foot bomb. Wow, you were there, huh? Uh, I'm telling you, it was it was this was this was as close to it as, as I've seen. It was a great comeback, and. He can give Tiger some of the credit. He played well. He he seemed to know what he was doing out there. But those guys
0: went out there and won their individual matches against some really good competition. I'm with you, man. I'll tell you what, I was not one of the only sports that I follow as an adult that I did not follow very closely as a child is golf. And part of it is because I didn't play much golf as a little kid. I know a lot of my friends who grew up here in North Carolina. We're playing golf, you know, at five or seven or nine, the way I was playing baseball and basketball and football and hockey and other things as a youngster in the Philadelphia area. So maybe it's because my appreciation for high level golf has increased because I, I now play the game as an adult and, I, and I'm not at all a standout, not in a good way anyway. So I have an appreciation for the level of play. And then even within the professional golf world, as I've heard these guys, sometimes as guests on our show, describe how, I mean, imagine how hard it is to explain that I might be more nervous over a putt that does not mean a dollar to me than I am over a putt that can mean millions of dollars to me. And yet professional golfers, many of them will say, either the team aspect, it's not just me and my caddy or me and my wife and family, it's me and my team at the Ryder Cup or the the President's Cup, Or it's the fighting for your country type of camaraderie, which, you know, you don't have during the week-to-week grind of the PGA Tour schedule. It's important, and that's how you're accumulating your millions of dollars for these top golfers. But you do not get direct compensation for playing in the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup. And yet these guys will say they're more nervous in those contexts than with the million-dollar putt. And it's just a fascinating dynamic to me. And I fell in love with the Ryder Cup first because it's far more famous, and of course it's far less predictable. But for anyone who tuned in for any portion of this year's President's Cup, there was nothing predictable about that. The internationals led after the first day, led after the second day, led after the third day. And it was the singles competition on Sunday, our Saturday night, Australia's Sunday morning and afternoon, Traditionally, Americans are better at singles play. That applies to Ryder Cup and President's Cup. There's all sorts of theories about why Americans are better at singles play. And it has to do with, you know, golf being a fundamentally individual game. It's not as much of an adjustment to just play a singles match, right? Whereas it's a bigger adjustment to play team golf, alternate shot, best ball, whatever. The Euros have been better at those other formats than we have, and sometimes it's on Sunday. The Americans have to lean on, well, we're usually going to win the singles. We're usually going to win the singles. We're usually going to win the singles. Against this international team, folks, it was supposed to be on paper just a dominant performance by the Americans. When the Americans play the Europeans in the Ryder Cup, there's not a massive difference in recent times between the you know the caliber of golfers you know Rory McIlroy and John Rahm and you know Martin Keimer in his prime representing Germany and a whole bunch of others right you know some of these guys Sergio Garcia looks way better in the Ryder Cup than he does week to week on the PGA Tour and those guys developed a camaraderie representing Europe in the Ryder Cup there's not as much camaraderie like in the Presidents Cup the international team imagine Europe right you could have especially in the time of the Euro Like you use the same monetary unit as many others. They're not from your country, but you use the same monetary unit. And oh, by the way, they're your neighbors. So you can see why you'd have more camaraderie representing Europe, especially as Europe went from getting its brains beat in to occasionally winning and then most of the time winning against the hated Americans. It's harder in the President's Cup. What is true camaraderie when you're from South Africa, Another guy's from Japan, another guy's from Canada, another guy's from Mexico, another guy's from Chile. I mean, they're not neighbors. They're not using the same monetary unit in most cases, right? It's almost manufactured camaraderie, USA versus the world. But the American side of the equation should be similar. And I think they needed that camaraderie. They needed their belief in their playing captain, Tiger Woods. And Tiger was the best golfer in Australia over those four days. Uh, the only one of the 24 golfers there who did not have a single loss. He, he put himself out first on Sunday. Remember, the Americans were still trailing on the fourth day of that four-day competition and, you know, there's all sorts of logic as to do you throw your better golfers out first? Do you put them last in case the pressure mounts and you need them at the end? Tiger went out first and pretty, pretty solidly won his singles match, and the rest unfolded from there. It was the best drama of the sports weekend. Uh, again, I got a lot of f- feedback from my fellow golf fans who enjoyed this President's Cup far more than they enjoyed many of the predictable ones where the Americans just squashed the Internationals seemingly every other year. I know it's not on everybody's radar, but uh, if you missed it, you missed some really good drama and some really good golf by Tiger Woods. 1-800-849-2761. Steve is next from Apex. Welcome to the program.
1: How you doing, Dave? Great, man. What's on your mind? Dave, I don't know if it's just me, but I watched that and I, I kind of felt disappointed because I said, well, "Man, he's gonna get smoked." And like you said, then the last day, just like Tiger is basically My question is this: I don't know about using the word "he's back," but I feel like now he's actually a threat to actually win some
0: tournaments. No, I'm with you, I, and that's. It, I think the interesting question is if you're asking his tiger back to when he was the most dominant golfer in the history of the sport, the answer is no, there was that stretch. I know Jack Nicholas has 18 majors and I know tiger still has 15. I get it, but nobody has ever played golf at a higher level in the history of the world than tiger woods in his prime is that tiger back answer. I think is no, and never will be back now that he's 43 years old and through all these surgeries But to bounce back from his personal issues, to bounce back from a 10-year drought in majors, and then he won the Masters, of course, this past spring, to bounce back from being, you know, outside the top 500 in the world rankings. You know, when you can't play and then you're injured and you play poorly when you try to play, and then you're out for longer stretches, you can drop way, way down those world rankings. I forget the number, but he was outside the top 500 in the world, and now he's top five in the world. So it's not just our eyeball test, Steve. The numbers back up that even at the age of 43, even after people gave up on Tiger Woods, either because of the surgeries or he just couldn't stay healthy long enough to get his game back, or, you know, father time waits for nobody, mother nature catches up to everybody, all those theories, I'd say the majority of our callers said we'd never see Tiger win another major. And I was more of the he'll win again, although catching Jack is starting to get really, really, really uh, into the long shot category. Sure enough, he got the Masters 10 years later after a lot of folks had given up on him. And I wouldn't count him out for winning more because he, he hones his game. He's, he's kind of getting into this new chapter of his life where He places a lot of weight on how much he should play, how many tournaments he should play, how does he rest. He's a better dad now. He spends more time with his kids. He has more advanced knowledge of nutrition, et cetera. He has a relationship rather than chasing VIP hostesses around all the time, which I would imagine would distract from your game a little bit. He has his personal life in order. He has his health, best we can tell, in order, and he's one of the best golfers in the world, and he was just the best golfer as 24 of the better golfers in the world were assembled at the the President's Cup. It's an amazing story. I can't imagine in the 2019 calendar year, what athlete did more to reinvigorate his professional career while also rehabilitating his personal reputation? Tiger Woods is viewed as a great captain and teammate, in part because of what he just did in Australia through adversity after spending most of his illustrious career being described as a jerk and as a bad teammate and you know why did he why was he the best golfer in the world and yet he had all these bad performances at the Ryder Cup well because he was such a tunnel vision narcissist he was such a loner with just the exceptions of a clue, few close friends he he was such he was raised and if you've never read the tiger biography it's a fascinating deep dive into the psychology of who he is He was raised by his late father to treat all other golfers, including fellow Americans, as the enemy. You know, his dad from the military background, these guys aren't your friends. They're your enemy. Imagine having that pounded into you psychologically as you rise to being the best golfer in the world. But then there's this one event every two years called the Ryder Cup where you're supposed to have those fellow Americans as your buddies. And Tiger always put a smile on it, always tried to say the nice things and the right things, and yet when push came to shove, he was a lousy teammate, and his fellow Americans overwhelmingly disliked him. What athlete improved himself, made a bigger positive mark personally and professionally in the 2019 calendar year more than Tiger Woods? I'm sure there are others on that list, with that rare combo, but Tiger's on the short list and he might be number one, given the Masters Green Jacket edition, given the rise to top five in the world after many said, I'd say a large majority said that would never happen again. And now the playing captain status leading the way with an unbeaten record in the President's Cup this past week. Incredibly well done and a wonderful 2019 for 43-year-old Tiger Woods, 1 800 849 2761. I know we got to wait a while, but if you're even a tiny golf fan, if you're only mildly curious a few times a year, you tell me you're not watching Tiger Woods as he tries to win another green jacket? That's must see TV, brother. And it's must see TV in part because Tiger has changed his ways in more ways than one. 1-800-849-2761. Mac Brown live in about 12 minutes. More of your best and worst of the weekend phone calls before and after. He is expected to sign an elite recruiting class on Wednesday. He's taking his Tar Heels to the Military Bowl later this month. And he sent out his seniors in style at the team banquet this weekend all over ESPN lately. Mac Brown, Carolina football coach, jumping back into broadcasting with his former employer, ESPN, at some of these award shows and in other contexts. Mac Brown, man of the hour, joins us live in hour number three. We'll take more of your calls, too, at 1-800-849-2761 on The David Glenn Show coach lou holtz is joining us what can you tell us about those four seasons in raleigh
1: everybody from north carolina calling us boo you and agriculture you and i remember walking in the press conference saying i want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture
0: stay with us on the david glenn show